Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. I hope you guys are feeling good. I talked last week. I did say that I felt like something was going to happen. There was a foreboding sense of change happening. And a lot of you guys reached out to me and said that you agreed. I'm feeling better this week, but I still feel like there's something coming coming down the pike here. So hopefully that thing is good. Hopefully we've shifted. Okay. Um, But Listen, I got a lot to talk about this week, so we got to get into it. As per usual, going to start with our girl of the week. That one's going to Kourtney Kardashian. Shockingly, for something that has nothing to do with Travis. <laughs> um, so here's the rub, you guys. I was scrolling down Instagram, and I was looking at the comments by celeb uh, account. And if you don't know, and I can't imagine that you don't, it's an incredible account. Um... Basically, what they'll do is they'll post screenshots of other Instagram posts, and if a celebrity comments, responds, whatever, they'll post it, right? Makes sense. Um, This time, I saw a picture that was posted on comments by Celeb. It's a screenshot from the Pop Culture Angel Instagram account. It's a throwback picture of Courtney, Chloe, and Kim from probably, I would say, season one maybe season two of keeping up. Right. Um, so one person comments, 
the only one who didn't really change was Courtney. And then another person responded to them saying, Courtney got plenty of surgery. She just did it in an extremely natural way that still complemented her features instead of changing them. Botox, nose job, some sort of butt shot or BBL just to start. So Courtney responds to that person and says, no better compliment than a too good to be real kind of compliment. Butt shot and Brazilian butt lift. Um, thanks. Uh, shrugging emoji. And you were just getting started. Now, when comments by Celeb uh, posted this, most of their responses were, what is Courtney saying? Like, I literally don't understand what she's trying to say. Fortunately for all of us, and I'm using that term fortunately very loosely, I speak Kardashian. And so I know that Courtney was trying to be Trixie here. I know it. So let's get into it, right? Um, Courtney has had surgery and cosmetic procedures that are more natural than her sisters. <laughs> that is just a fact. Um, whether she's gotten a, a ass shots or butt lift, I don't think so. But here's what I, here's what I know from the Kris Jenner school of communications is that what Courtney was doing was mentioning the things that she definitely hasn't done. And then just when you do that, you take away the things that you actually have done that are probably, there are probably some credence to that. So I actually do think it's possible that maybe she hasn't had a nose job, but to act like here's what the Kardashians get wrong. There are a lot of things that they get wrong, but with regard to their surgeries and their differences and the, and the blowing up and the fillers and the Botox, when on their reunion with Andy Cohen, I can't remember. Maybe it was Kendall. <laughs> I think maybe it was Kendall. It was like, we just work really hard. Like, we work out. We have trainers, blah, blah, blah. It's like, girl, girl. I don't understand why these people, who it's very clearly documented that they've had these changes, these cosmetic changes, why it is that they struggle with being so honest about that. I feel like the most honest we've gotten is when Kylie had to say, yeah, I got my lips done because I got insecure about it because it was undeniable when you go from, you know, uh, I don't know, from like a worm to a slug. Those are the only <laughs> analogies I can get. But it's like very, uh, very, very obvious. And that's really the only time that they've been super uh, open with their surgeries. Now, I know that in the beginning of Keeping Up, there had to have been mentions of Courtney uh, getting her boobs done. Because I remember that. Uh, but I just feel like, stop playing in our face, you know? Like, we don't have to do this. We don't have to play this game. We see it, you know? You don't have to lie to us. Nope, there's no... Uh, Nothing bad that is going to happen from you guys telling the truth. And so I just wish you guys would do that. Okay, let's move on. Moving on to some good news. It appears that after nine years, probably millions of dollars, countless court cases, finally, we're all going to be free of Bethany and Jason Hoppy. So because this has been like a damn decade of their issues. I'm just going to keep you guys, I'm going to update you for what's been happening the past three years, right? Because I can't get into all of it. So when Bethany came back to Roni, there was a situation in which 
Jason had, uh, he had like come to Bryn's school, threatened Bethany, and there was an order placed against Jason. A restraining order, a no contact order, an order of protection, right? Because of that, they were just about to get divorced. But because of that confrontation, and because there was a no contact order, the order of protection against Jason, they could not continue with their divorce. They could not finalize the divorce. I'm not really sure what the specific reason why, but that was the reason. Like, I know the reason. I just don't know why that would stop them from getting divorced. You know what I mean? Um, So... That leads us to now, okay? So (laughs) here we go. Because of this no contact order, uh, Bethany filed for full custody of Bryn. um, And so that's where we're at as of like 2019. 2020, Bethany is officially granted full custody of Bryn. Um, Yeah. Then they were able to finalize their divorce earlier this year in January. Okay. So, because they're finally divorced, uh, Bethany has full legal custody of Bryn. Bethany says, okay, well, I don't need to be paying child support to Jason anymore. So, the other day, they have a virtual court meeting, and Bethany's lawyer asked the judge to allow her to stop paying um custody so there went from like full custody somehow to 50 50 custody but Brynn is now 11 she's it seems like she's now at the age where she can say where it is that she wants to say and it is not with her father officially so Bethany and her lawyer were saying that Bryn has been suffering from anxiety, hyperventilating. She's breaking out into hives and has sometimes flat out refused to see Jason. Um, they say partly because of the ongoing issues between Bethany and Jason, they don't really say what the other parts are. But according to page six, Jason was at the hearing no lawyer, probably because he can't afford one anymore. And he read out a statement and says, this is not a Bryn issue or an issue that Bryn has with me. Therefore, I'm removing myself from the fight for Bryn and my physical, emotional, and mental health. I will not spend the remainder of Bryn's childhood fighting as we share, as we share joint physical custody. Bryn knows I love her. I want her. And I will always be available for our time together. The details of Bethany and Jason's divorce were sealed. And obviously I would be very hard. I I would find it very hard to believe that this stuff regarding their minor daughter would be, would be unsealed information. I'm curious though about why I'm not curious. I get it. As a child of divorce, I can understand how, okay, let me backtrack. (laughs) I'm thinking too fast and and too many things are coming at me. I had a conversation with Princess. Shout out to Princess. Listen to Buy Pumpkin Podcast, you guys. Please do it. She's great. Anyway, we were talking about this situation. And uh, she is of the opinion that Jason is a monster who goes around, like, terrorizing people by not flushing the toilet. And I agree. I totally agree. (laughs) However, I am of the opinion that, mm, does Jason suck? Yeah. Bethany sucks too, though. But here's the thing. When you're a kid of divorce, um, 
one of those houses, you're going to be going out to uh, nice restaurants. You're going to be vacationing in the Hamptons. You're going to be doing TikToks. Uh, you're going to be getting the latest and greatest clothes in your closet without even saying a damn thing. And in another home, question mark. So I don't know if this man has a job. <laughs> I don't know if he's had a job since he's been divorced. I don't know if he's literally just living off of what his divorce settlement or the former uh, child support that he was getting. That would be my guess. Um, You know, one of your homes is getting skinny girl cheese on every burger. And the other one, maybe you get like a two, two for three from McDonald's. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. This to me sounds like, yeah, of course, Bethany or Bryn wants to live with her mom. Of course she does. Wouldn't you? <laughs> what Princess and I did agree on is, hey, if you're going to have to be dealing with crazy on both sides, you're going to be dealing with the rich one, right? She's not stupid. She is not. Bryn's not dumb. I know that for sure. <laughs> And I see you, girl. And really, congratulations to her for finally not having to deal with this shit. I mean, it's been her entire life. And her entire life. Her entire life. Ugh, God bless. Personally, I'm side-eyeing both of them, honestly, because to me, this shit should not have gone on for this long. Like, and I believe that divorces go on for this long. When both parties are being petty, (laughs) when both parties are not letting go of stuff, when both parties are mad at the other and they're not really thinking about the minor's best interest, you know, there are people who've been way more wealthy and way had way more complicated finances than Bethany and Jason, and they've been able to get out years, 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 years ago. So... You know, I think neither of them are innocent, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I'm just like counting down the days for Bryn to be Manhattan's next it girl. And I, I'm calling upon, how old is Penelope? Yeah, bring Penelope. I see Penelope moving to New York. <laughs> and her forming some sort of bad bitch coalition with Bryn, Northy. And Penelope, that's what I deserve. That is absolutely what I deserve. Okay. Um, Let's move on to our next uh, topic. Um, Okay. I'm going to just say now I'm going to talk about Sex and the City real quick. Well, no, I'm going to talk about And Just Like That real quick. So if you don't want to have spoilers, I feel like 90% of America has already been spoiled. (laughs) But I would say... uh, I'll write down, I'll write down uh, the timestamp for you guys if you don't want to hear spoilers. Look at it in the episode description. Okay, you guys. Uh, Did we like it? I liked it. I liked it. I gotta say, episode one, didn't like it. Episode two, cried the whole fucking time. (laughs) I cried the whole time and I don't care. I'm saying it loud and proud. I did it. I have emotions, you guys, and I use them on a fictitious death. Okay? Um... I just want to talk about just real quick this Peloton thing because that really gave me a hearty cackle. I, the fact that Peloton knew that they would be featured in the show, 
However, due to confidentiality reasons, they didn't disclose, according to them, the um, the broader context surrounding the scene. <laughs> LOL, I cannot believe their um, the shares plunged for their stocks 11%, you guys. <laughs> it is so funny to me. But my real question is, Carrie, why did you not call 911? Why did you... What? what what? Call the ambulance. Call the police. Call the governor. Save your husband, bitch. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to stand by this. That was just a long time. Because I'm like really thinking about it. Okay, she was at Lily's recital. She got the text when she left. She tried to find a cab, couldn't, which suggests to me that she then walked home. Okay? So that man, he texted, big texted her, then took a shower and then, okay, and then, so she's walking home. He's still alive when she gets home. He is still alive. He was alive that whole time, which to me leads me to believe that if she was, if she had time to walk home and he was still alive when she got there, then he probably could have been saved, y'all. <laughs> like, that's a long time. Like, if he was going to die, die. He died from neglect. He died from neglect. Carrie killed him. Carrie killed her husband, you guys. And I stand by that. And that was like a long scene. She's staring at him. He's sitting in the shower. He says hi. He, he waves. They make eye contact. She keeps staring. And then she's like, oh, shit. Something must be happening. And not, a, not a chance to... We're not trying to give him uh, CPR. There, she's just holding him in her tiny little arms, just like rocking him to death. I, excuse me, excuse me. This episode is going to this whole series should turn into a true crime series as to why Carrie did not call nine one one. I mean, even if you thought he was going to die, wouldn't you still call, <laughs> girl? What's going on? Anyway, I hate Che, and that's. No shade to Che, the character. It's a shade to the writing. Every fucking thing that comes out, half of the things that come out of Che's mouth are like, oh, well, um, uh, this is going to be a good good material for my act. I'm a comedian, you guys. Uh, I'm going to get a tight five out of this one. You didn't smile and I should know because I'm a comedian. Why? Who, who talks like that? Who talks like that? <laughs> are you actually a comedian? What person who is a podcaster and who works in that realm is always talking about their bits. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Um, I don't really have as strong feelings about the Samantha of it all as many people do, to be honest with you. I think I do agree that I think it's kind of shitty that they, the way they wrote her off is like she was working as PR for Carrie and Carrie dropped her and then she took it so personally that she went to London. Mm, That felt like a little bit of shade to me, but you know, I'm fine. I thought it was really sweet that she got her the flowers. It kind of doesn't make sense that she would get her flowers and then continue to never speak to her again. But I don't know that that's very interesting. Um, Oh, you guys, you know, it really made me cry. Oh, Sandy Stanford uh, when Stanford and um 
I always want to call it, it's not his name, Mario. I mean, that is his name. What is his name on the show? Whatever, Stanford's husband. Um, When they are in a fight at the end of episode one, or during episode one, and then episode two, like, clearly Stanford comes back from Carrie's apartment, which he crashed at, and they are talking about, like, I'm I'm never going to do this to you. Like, we need to stop bickering about the little things because it doesn't matter. And it's just like, oh, Stanny. <laughs> that really, really got me. Like, uh Every time I see him, I just like, I, I just feel so much. Emo- Why am I so emotional over Stanford Blatch? Who's to say? But anyway, is that all I wanted to talk about? Oh, okay. So the official, the official statement that came out of Peloton afterwards was like, girl, calm down. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd again. Nerd alert. So uh, they responded and said, I'm sure Sex and the City fans like me are saddened by the news that Mr. Big dies of a heart attack. Mr. Big lived what many would call an extravagant lifestyle, including cocktails, cigars, and big steaks, and was a serious risk as he previously had a cardiac event in season six. These lifestyle choices, and perhaps even his family history, often which is a significant factor, were likely the cause of his death. Meanwhile, riding his Peloton bike may have even helped delay his cardiac event, she defiantly declared. (laughs) Okay, nerd. Okay, nerd. He's not real. Okay, we don't have to get into, we don't, this man is dead. Even if he was real, he's dead now. Okay, we don't need to go disparaging his lifestyle choices. Okay, and his possible family history. Respect, respect. And honestly, like, shout out to Susan Sharon for being like, is everybody, why is everybody pretending like he wasn't a dick to her? (laughs) I loved that. Loved it. Okay, um... Oh, okay. One more thing. What are we doing with Miranda? Does she have a drinking problem? What? What? Is she okay? (laughs) Is she okay? She's really flailing out here in these streets. And I actually think that that might be the most realistic part of this whole thing in terms of character development. Like, Miranda does seem like she would real go, really go white lady feminist on you real quick in a way that's very uncomfortable And I do like that I, but yeah, like, why, why are we making her having a drinking problem? What, what's that about? I don't like that. Anyway. Okay. Let's move on to the rest of what I'm going to talk about. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, I want to end on a high note, so I'm going to get through... This next topic, of course, we're 
wrapping up, thank God, the Josh Duggar saga with him being in jail and found guilty of the disgusting things he did. God bless. God bless. Before we get into the sentencing, I want to talk about something that came up during the trial. Now, there has been a rumor for years about this, quote, sin in the camp with regard to Josh. So I'm going to give you guys some perspective on that. So there have been rumors, and I talked about this. I, I did a Duggar uh, special when he was arrested. If you guys want to listen to that, it's actually one of the episodes that I'm probably most proud of. It's called Another Duggar Scandal, and it really just gets into the backstory, the history, all of that. And how, the, really, Jim, Bob, and Michelle, the parents... Uh, Failure, failure to uh, help any of their children in this situation. But um, when I did that episode, I talked about this rumor. There's been a rumor that's been going on for years about how before Josh was married, he was, quote unquote, betrothed to uh, this girl. And that girl was the daughter of a... Uh, I think he's like a general assemblyman or state senator or something like that. Kind of like a lowish ranking political person, a guy named Jim Holt. Um, so this betrothal in their world is when it's when the two kids are too young to really talk about marriage. It's sort of like a promise of, you know, I intend to court her when it's more age appropriate. So when Josh was 14, he was betrothed to this daughter of Jim Holt. So this was like early 2000s, 2002, 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. Um, Jim Holt and Jim Bob were family friends. They grew up together. They were close their whole lives, right? So when Jim has this run, this pol- he goes into this political election, uh, they employ Josh to kind of work on this campaign. So they're like deeply entrenched, the Holtz and the Duggars at this point, because Josh is now betrothed, betrothed to the daughter, and he's working on this man, his Senate run, his campaign trail for the Senate run. So he did not win. And according to these rumors, Jim then was like, it's, I can't believe I didn't win. Something must have happened. Something must, somebody else, some other factor within the, uh, my campaign situation must have done this. So he went looking and according to them, this is when he found out about Josh. However, well, from there, obviously the betrothal was cut off immediately, um, And, you know, what happened from there is what happened from there. We all know the story. But during the trial, um, Bobby, Jim's wife, took the stand and she gave her account of this situation. Okay, so according to Bobby, the telling is a little bit different. Her truth is a little bit different. She says that... Josh is the one who admitted to them about a few things that I won't get into the details to because they're disgusting. But he does admit to, like, according to her, one day they came up and Josh admitted to them what was going, what he had been doing. And they decided to cut off the betrothal, but they remained friends with the 
family despite that, okay? So even though basically Josh presented it as like, I can't be betrothed to your daughter anymore, and here's why. And so they cut it off, they remained friends, and during that friendship, Jim and Bobby were kind of acting as sort of a counsel or at least somebody that Josh felt like he could come to about this. And so he admitted to doing even more things with them uh, to the Holtz. Bobby says a lot of contradictory things. Like she says she still loves Josh, but then on a Facebook comment, somebody was like, thank you for saying that. But she says that, she said on the witness stand that there had been requests and money thrown at them to tell their story and that they had not done it this whole time until it became a legal situation. She says on Facebook that they've been screaming for 18 years about this whole situation, but nobody wanted to listen. So it can't be both girl. It can't be both. I don't know. But anyway, that man can rot in hell. Let's get into what's going on with him. And here's my question. Did they, did they really tell this stuff to Anna and her family? Did they really get into what happened? Because <sighs> I'm like really disgusted with Anna. I truly am. And I know that that girl is lost, lost, lost. And I'm trying to, you know, practice grace on that. But and like, at what point, girl, do you wake the fuck up? Like, wake up. My God. Anyway, so Josh... Um, he was found guilty. There was a six hour deliberation. Uh, he is going to be in jail for until sentencing, which could take up to four months. Um, he is, uh, going to be charged. Now he had two charges. The, um, receipt of images of child sex abuse and the possession. However, he was found guilty of two, both of those, and he will have a $250,000 charge or an up to $250,000 fine for each of those counts. However, he, even though both of those counts are faced up to 20 years, he's only going to get sentenced for one of those counts because the other one is a lesser offense. Technically, receipt as possession is a technically lesser offense, so it's going to be included. So it's not like he could get up to 40 years. He really can only get up to 20. According to the people who were there during the trial, he did not express any sort of emotion, even when they were talking about the things that he uh, possessed and had done. No, no emotion until the sentencing. People still said he didn't cry, but, you know, he had a mask on. They said his face crumpled up when he was talking to Anna before being whisked away. Okay. Um, Anna was spotted with his wedding ring on her finger. Like, she just stacked it up with her fingers, like, with her wedding rings. Like, ugh, girl. What are they going to do? Like, what? Jim Bob is still running for Senate, you guys. He is still active in an active run for Senate for senate this year on on like the his platform being like let's um make sure that we don't lose these family values like we're losing our country and and i'm gonna i'm gonna be the one to fix it are you okay i know the answer is no but 
come on, give it up. You're wasting your family's money trying for a spot in Senate that you're not going to get, my guy. And you have no revenue. Like, who is going to touch this family? Who wants to be associated with this family? And nobody. Nobody. You think Mike Huckabee is going to be picking up your calls now? Probably not, my guy. Probably not. Anyway, weird. Weird. I just want to get into the most, I would say, holy clapback that I have ever seen in my life. I could not believe it. My jaw dropped. So a lot of the family members have come out to you know, have put out statements about what's going on and their feelings on the matter, etc. But nobody came out as hard as Ginger's husband, Jeremy. So if you guys who don't know, Ginger and Jeremy, Ginger was the one who everybody thought was going to be like the one, the great, the great white hope, <laughs> the one who was going to defect and like live a worldly life and say, fuck you guys. Like I'm out of here. And that has only happened. It has happened, but it's happened within like the context of their world. It hasn't happened in our sense, but they live in LA now. They, she wears jeans. She dyes her hair regularly. That sort of thing. That's about as much defection as we're going to get. Um, however, I find them to be, well, I find Jeremy to generally be annoying and attention seeking. Like they're clearly trying to pivot into this Christian influencer lifestyle and it's not really happening, (laughs) but they're trying, they're still trying. Anyway, Jeremy posted on his Instagram as follows. As we are processing this week's events, several thoughts have come to mind that we feel are important to share. We're saddened for the victims of this horrific child abuse. We're also saddened for Josh's family, his wife, and precious children. We're saddened for the dishonor that has been brought that, excuse me, we are saddened for the dishonor this has brought upon Christ's name. Josh claims to be a Christian. When professing, when a professing follower of Jesus is exposed as a hypocrite, the response of many will be to challenge the integrity of Jesus himself. They'll question the legitimacy of a savior whose so-called followers privately delight in the sins they publicly denounce. This is why the apostle Paul told religious hypocrites that, quote, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. For Josh, we fear for his soul. (laughs) And let the church say amen. It continues. Yet amidst our sadness, there is gratitude. We're grateful that God is a God of justice who cares for the innocent and helpless. And of all the people in this world, he especially loves children who are among the most vulnerable. This reality makes the existence of sex trafficking and child abuse one of the most horrific evils imaginable. It is an evil God hates. Jesus welcomed and cared for children, seeing their helplessness as an opportunity to protect, not exploit and if you want the receipts, that's Matthew nineteen fourteen. And his harshest indictment was reserved for those who caused them to stumble. It would be better for him to have a great mill, uh, millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. <laughs> they said, get him out of here. Throw him into the ocean. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> for those who follow him, he requires the same compassion towards children. 
See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who was in heaven. Matthew 18, 10. The apostle James put his care at the heart of true religion. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God. The father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James 1, 27. We're thankful to God for exposing Josh's actions and to a legal team, a legal system committed to protecting the innocent and punishing the guilty in this case. We're grateful for justice. We're praying for further justice, vindication, protection, and healing for all of those who have been wronged. And that's how you Christian clear a bitch. Okay. I, I'm forced to stand. That is the best that we were, I mean, that is like the harshest thing I've ever heard a Duggar or a Duggar adjacent say. And I, woo, they let the chopper spray. They let the chopper spray. This is a much stronger statement than fucking Jim, Bob and Michelle. You're like, oh, we pray for Josh. Oh, we help for healing. <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. Fuck. Fuck Jim, Bob. Fuck you, James Robert. And fuck you, Michelle girl. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck all of them. Fuck you, Josh. Fuck you, Anna. And, you know, fuck the tater tot casserole. I'm never going to eat a tater tot the same now. (laughs) And that was one of my life's greatest joys. Now, every time I I look at one of those crispy, fried, delicious tots, I'm going to think of his bitch ass. Ugh. Anyway. Let's end this on a high note, shall we? Let's pivot. (laughs) Oh, before I forget this, uh, let's talk about Married at First Sight. (laughs) Okay, it's official. It's official. We had our first across the board. Zero, zero, zero across the board. All fails from last season of Married at First Sight when Jose and Rachel officially announced that they were going to getting a divorce and that they think this is the best decision for their future. Oh, I mean, we all saw this coming. How was that? Re- how was that relationship going to last? Let's really think about this. Um, I mean, I really don't have anything to say other than like, y'all, the experts and production over at Married at First Sight needs to step their pussies up big time because people aren't going to watch this shit if you guys are just pairing up people who don't have any business belong like having a conversation with each other much less getting married to one another like y'all ooh, i bet they are shaking pastor cal is shaking in his fun socks and loafers as we speak and he should be he should be anyway let me move on to this okay So I was on Twitter, as I usually am, and I saw Nancy Reagan trending and I thought, this is not for me. You know, I sometimes you see things and you're like, "Mm, I have no interest in this. But then I saw a lot of people talking about Nancy Reagan. I thought, oh, what's happening here? What's happening here? So I don't know if this is like made it into the real world uh, conversation, but it's been on and popping on Twitter for the better part of the day. So I got to let y'all know. So what stemmed from this is a, the wackest tweet, one of the wackest tweets I've ever seen. And it came from none other than uh, Ben Shapiro's sister, Ben Shapiro. Okay. She has a, a Twitter, not a Twitter, a uh, YouTube in which you probably seen her if you watch YouTube enough. Cause I'm like, why the hell am I keep getting this like weird ass chick 
talking about like abortion and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, it's her. Ah, okay. Anyway, she tweeted the other day a picture of Madonna looking like Madonna does on a bed, you know, in like a bustier and like some tights and some Louboutins. Okay. She's got like one titty out with the heart emoji over her nipple. So there's a picture of Madonna and then there's a picture of Nancy Reagan with her family. And she says, this is Madonna at 63. This is Nancy Reagan at 64. Trashy living versus classic living. Which version of yourself do you want to be? And of course, she got roasted to high hell because like, what the fuck? Who? What? Girl, chill out. So shout out to Zach Heltzel who posted (laughs) this screenshot out of the Village Voice. And it goes as follows. According to Kitty Kelly's biography, Nancy Reagan was, quote, renowned in Hollywood for performing oral sex. Just say yes, Nancy. In the days when she was Nancy Davis, she was known to give the best blowjob in town, not only in the evening, but in offices. That was one of the reasons why she was very popular on the MGM lot. (laughs) Fuck yeah. First of all, like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard from Nancy Reagan and probably will remain the tightest thing that I've ever heard from from her or either Reagan. That's 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 awesome, girl. Cool. (laughs) Now, I would like to know what the bridge is from getting sloppy toppy to anybody who was, you know, willing to drop trow at the MGM lot to this like her egregious response in the uh, time of the AIDS epidemic. I would like to know what point A to point B on that one is, baby girl. But, you know, I <laughs> guess we can't ask her, can we? I just want to get into some of my favorite Twitter reaction to this because it's, it, it really had me crying. Okay, so somebody says, <laughs> Ben Shapiro's sister tried to slut shame Madonna and it inadvertently caused all of Twitter to learn that Nancy Reagan had a gluck gluck 9000. America's back, baby. <laughs> Shout out to friend of the pod, Carrie O'Donnell, for saying, tons of people are making fun of hell's very own Nancy Reagan, throat duchess of the MGM lot. A sad day. <laughs> There's several people calling her the throat goat. <laughs> Somebody tweeted, Nancy Reagan worked at Burlington Throat Factory before she became the first lady. <laughs> oh my god. I'm, I'm literally crying right now. <laughs> I'm going to end it on one last tweet. Who, two more tweets, two more, two more, because I'm seeing another one. <laughs> From Jabuki, who said, Nancy Reagan have the, having the best rope game in Hollywood feels like a Lana Del Rey lyric, but it's not. It's American history. <laughs> and somebody changed her, her Wikipedia. <laughs> to the first throat go to the United States. Okay, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. All right. So I forgot in the midst of ranting about Josh Duggar that there was a whole other Duggar child related situation going on. And that is with the oldest daughter, Jana. Yeah. Yeah. 
the one who's the actual mom to the rest of the Duggar children. So there's been no information as to what specifically went on, but they've been hiding this for a little while. Uh, can't imagine why. But apparently back in September, Jana was charged with endangering the welfare of a child. Um, this was September 10th. She's pled not guilty to the charge. Uh, her next court date is January 10th. And yeah, they're, per the Arkansas law, because I looked this up, the charge could be considered a class A or B misdemeanor, misdemeanor, and this could be jail time. I think up to nine months, she could receive a fine. More than likely, she's going to receive a slap on the wrist. Although, I don't know. I was, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot now that we're, there are so many legal issues happening in my corner of the pop culture universe is how do judges... I, I mean, I know that there are, like, systems set in place so that they can find people who are as objective and not invested as possible. But I just have a feeling that given what has been going on with Josh, it would not surprise me if Jana got a harsher punishment. Punishment. And that really sucks because I, I feel for Jana because the woman is overworked. She's a mother of like 13. <laughs> She's truly raising those children and she doesn't have a life for her own. Like I said, there's been no details of what exactly happened, but we can kind of disseminate that possibly the, the prevailing rumor is that she fell asleep. There was a child who ended up on the street and was found something like that um the other hint to that is from cousin amy if you guys remember cousin amy she was like kind of worldly she was not as uh what, what would be the word uh not as into the church as, as the duggars are but still pretty entrenched um so she throughout this whole situation with josh has a tendency to go chloe on it in which she'll like use her state she'll put statements out on uh instagram stories so about the situation she says i'll call out what is right and i will call out what is wrong this couldn't have been intentional thank god the child was okay and found i bet you were exhausted stressed and just emotionally worn out watching multiple kids is hard because there's so many of them and you only have two eyes it's a very sad situation going on and my heart goes out to janet duggar love you um yeah i mean i feel for janet too you know <laughs> The situation that her lot in life fucking sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. Who wants to be essentially the old maid? Because that's is what she is in their culture. Like she's what, 30 and unmarried, which is unheard of when your 19 year old sister's popping out babies left and right. <laughs> right. It sucks. Um, and you've basically been tasked with child rearing children that you did not choose to have. You know, those are your kid, those are your uh, siblings. And it's not fair. It's not fair that that Michelle gets to just like, you know, be in her world of like whatever delusion and mommy pills while Jana has to raise her children like it's fucked up. So I yeah, I feel for her. I, I feel badly because I'm sure that this really probably is upsetting for her. And like, I thought I had heard rumors that she was uh, courting a guy quite a while ago. And I'm not sure where things are going, but I feel like once this comes out, it's like donezo for her. Like there's, 
I just don't see a world in which she can get married now. Because if your only job is to raise and birth children and you've got this charge on you, like, I just feel like people aren't going to be as forgiving in her community as people outside looking at the situation would. And and for that, I feel bad for her. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. All right, next thing I want to talk about is something that I posted on my Instagram at everyone's business but mine. I caught this pretty early, and I was just like, ew. (laughs) Ew. I don't know how many people are watching Portia's Family Matters. It's fine. I watch it because it's on, and, you know, I just need something to watch before Salt Lake City and, and Sister Wives. So that's, like, you know, a show for me. I have a lot of shows for me that I don't recap because I just... I just like watching them and enjoying them and out without having to worry about taking notes. Like, and also I feel like not every show lends itself to recapping. I don't know if Porsche is one of those. Well, it is, it is. And you know what? I talked about the premiere and I said, and I felt bad about it later, which is something that like rarely happens, but I felt bad about saying that I felt like the cast of characters on this show were yes, people. And they were just people who were, you know, blowing smoke up Porsches, just deliciously juicy. But, um, but then <laughs> Lauren, her very own sister in episode two says exactly the same thing of my sister does surround herself with a bunch of yes people and people that are, uh, she's giving checks to. And yeah, I just have a hard time believing that any of these people are being honest with her when they're depending on that her for money you know um simon continues to be weird as hell and again thank god to the gods above and below for showing me this and allowing me to screenshot it so it's a picture of simon reading portia's new book the pursuit of portia like i just want you guys to imagine really tap into having a partner and having them say this now If you guys watched episode one, you know that Portia and Simon had a little bit of a uh, dust up, if you will, because Portia had specifically asked him to not post certain pictures uh, on the internet for people to pick apart. And on his birthday, he posted basically every picture that she specifically told him not to. And he did not seem to have any understanding or interest in seeing why that may have upset her. 
again, this is why, you know, this is why. Um, so anyway, the picture he posted was a picture of him reading the book and the caption is as followed. I started to read hashtag in pursuit of portraits. That's P-O-R-T-R-A-I-T-S in pursuit of portraits. Not her name. I started to read hashtag in pursuit of portraits my, my, many weeks ago, but decided not in all caps to continue because I had mixed feelings. While some of the details about the book have come up in discussion since our whirlwind romance began, I was still unsure if I wanted to know about this, this woman. <laughs> I'm sure, I was still unsure if I wanted to know about this woman's past because her past mistakes were not relevant in my opinion to who this woman is today. I didn't want my feelings about her tainted by what she had chosen to share with the rest of the world. I wondered if I'd love her less for her past by being unconscious, by unconsciously judging her. And then in captions, which is unimaginable. Or would I love her more for her courage? After three hours of nonstop reading and after three hours of not stop reading, sound stop reading. I'm halfway through the book. I'm almost done. Now I just wanted to note that several of you noted the shade, and you actually Googled how many pages were in the book, and it was just over like I think it was about two twenty. So a lot of people had questions as to why it took him three hours to read hundred pages. That's neither here nor there. Um, he goes, uh, let's just say from what I've read thus far, my love for Portia for real has grown exponentially and I'm ready to put a baby in this about to be best-selling author. That's how good this book is. Is that supposed to be a compliment? <laughs> like, I, there are ways to express I had hesitancy about this, but to be like, I wondered if I would love her less because of what she's chosen to share with the world and this woman. And now I'm, now I'm ready to put a baby in her. What? First of all, Simon, nobody gives a fuck about your approval. Let's just get that straight. Okay. Let's just clear, clear that up real quick. To repeatedly use the phrase, this woman. Immediately. No, immediately. No, you know, I've seen what I needed to see. And I'm out. And also, it's a little too late to late too late to say it's unimaginable if you would love her less. If you just said that you wondered if you would love her less, it really wasn't unimaginable. Unimaginable because you imagined it. You you just said that. Like you literally just said that. Anyway, um, stop being weird. What's going on with Portia? What's going on with her picker? I don't need Patty Stanger anywhere near anybody's situation when it comes to their love lives, but. Somebody, somebody's got to be able to unpack this. I don't, I don't know who that might be. Um, do you have any therapists in Bravo? I don't know. Maybe Dr. Jackie from Married to Medicine could get her a good uh, recommendation. I, now paging Dr. Heavenly. Dr. Heavenly could talk to her. Probably. You know, just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, first of all, none of these men are attractive <laughs> like i'm looking at, at at dennis at this point like he's fucking idris elba compared to like cordell <laughs> simon mm. i just feel like what is she what is she doing i mean they say that they get along but like doesn't even seem like her family really believes that so much as they're just supporting her so good luck to you portia like <laughs> I want better for you.
but I can't want better than you want for yourself, you know? You guys, let's end on a petty note. Kim Kardashian, you really made me laugh. You really made me laugh today, and and I I thank you for it. I really, really do. So, if y'all didn't know, uh, Mr. Yay, um, did a concert with Drake in conjunction with them coming together in order to free Larry Hoover. This was supposed to be a concert in order to raise awareness about prison reform, um, why none of the proceeds are going to those types of organizations. We'll talk about that later. That's another story for another day. But um, Kim was there. She was there. She was there with North, Saint, Mason was probably popping, locking in the corner somewhere. Um, Kendall was there. Devin Booker, her boyfriend, was there. Chris, Corey you know, the usual suspects. So they're all there. Kanye apparently was very happy. Uh, when he did run away during the song, he like changed the lyrics to say like, come back to me specifically Kimberly. And you know what Kim did? She said, (laughs) you know, I have an appointment tomorrow in about 18 hours with one Laura Wasser, uh, (laughs) divorce queen, Ugh, I love it. So they're, we all know that they're divorcing. So what Kim filed to do is to be officially single. They still have things that they have to work out with property and custody, but she's like, you know what? Free, free me, free me. (laughs) And not only that, the thing that I found most surprising is that she decided to also change her name to drop the West. And it occurred to me that the children now, because Kanye's changed his name to Ye, no last name, the children are just out here and they don't share, they're not going to share a last name with either of their parents. Isn't that interesting? I mean, it like doesn't matter. We all know who their parents are, but that that's rare. And I'm actually really surprised that Kim would want to change her name back because she's made a lot of business decisions uh, like kkw beauty like what are we just changing that to kk beauty like what's happening what's happening to like the west branding part of her business that's what i'm curious about that's gonna take a lot of unpacking sorry to you girl sorry to you um but you know what lol and first of all lol that they were at this concert with drake the guy that like has been terrorizing him with like trying to suggest that he possibly fucked uh oh you guys, I forgot to tell you something. Okay, we'll get into that in a second. Um, that he possibly fucked Kim. Um, that's funny to me. <laughs> and then he would beg for her back on stage with a dude who's been doing this. And then not even 24 hours later, she's like, actually, no, thank you. <laughs> no, no heart emoji. <laughs> that's really my kind of carrying on go on i want to be that's like a bad bitch move i don't care if you guys don't like kim kardashian but the fact that like her husband begged to have her come back and that she was like actually definitely not (laughs) that's funny to me i'm sorry (laughs) okay speaking of people fucking other people okay back to tristan 
So with regard to the baby mama stuff, he has requested that they seal all court filings related to the suit. He doesn't want her talking. He doesn't want to talk about it publicly. I mean, is anybody surprised? Absolutely not. Another is anybody surprised? Absolutely not situation is how Tristan told or how Chloe rather found out about this new baby. Um, Apparently, (laughs) um, Tristan was like keeping his mouth shut, not his pants. Not his clothes, not his legs, but he kept his mouth shut and basically only told her when people started to realize they did some digging, did some investigation. We're like, huh, what's going on here? And then they started reaching out to his team for a comment. And that's how he was like, oh, shit, I guess I got to tell her it's inevitable. I can't keep this from her anymore. So. Like I told you guys the last time, there was an account that had posted a picture of a baby and that had been debunked. There was now another Instagram account claiming to be Marley. So all of you, what you're about to hear after this is alleged. This is just what was said. So they posted a bunch of Instagram stories. The first one says, transparency and honesty was all I ever asked for. The love we made, the intimacy, and me opening myself to you and showing my vulnerability was all a mistake. Never again. I never asked you to leave Chloe. Those were your own intentions and no one with no influence on my part at all. Let's make that clear. I just want you to uphold the promises you made to me. The promises you made us. You hurt me to the core and I'm not okay. You told me you planned to leave Chloe at Doja's party in LA. Flew me and my best friend out. All for why? <laughs> then she posted some screenshots, allegedly from Tristan, that says, he wrote, can you please stop? We can talk about this like adults in private. Leave Doja and other names out of this. I'll be in Houston in a few weeks. Um, and then the caption to that was, sad that I had to threaten to expose the Kardashians to get a response. The biggest bombshell that came out of this was her saying that <laughs> Kylie had hooked up with Drake last year. And it was like, Tristan, why are you too afraid to tell Travis about it? <laughs> Now, the account has been deleted, so I doubt it was true, but it's still funny, you know? It's still funny to me. And all of those, like, of all the lies that you could tell, all of those seem pretty reasonable and not at all surprising. So, um, yeah, I think with that, we're going to end the episode, y'all. I'll be back on Wednesday with Sister Wives and then Friday with our Bravo Roundup Friday. Um, yeah, you guys can check me out on Patreon if you want. Last week's episode, I did a very fun uh, recap or like a movie versus reality version of a ha- episode about uh, House of Gucci, which was a lot of fun and very interesting. And I would say, you know, you don't necessarily have to have watched the movie to listen to the episode because there was really a lot left out of the movie that honestly, it might like be more enjoyable to know the whole story before you see it. Or maybe not. I don't know. People are very iffy about that. Anyway, you guys love you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking.